0: Connors T, how are ye? Welcome to the Candle Tales podcast and our by now annual series on Soin stories. In this episode, Aaron will be telling yet another tale of the shape-shifting Puka in another of its many strange aspects. If you want more Samhain stories, we have a playlist on YouTube, so be sure to check that out. We're doing a lot of exciting events with Puka Festival this year. Please check out their website for details and check out our website for our own upcoming live show in the Sugar Club this November. This podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon. You can join them over at patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales or make a one-time donation to the PayPal button on our website. Like and share and above all enjoy. And for now, Aaron, tell us a story.
1: Fado, Fado, or maybe not so long ago, there was a house in Kildare and there was a rumour that the Puka had visited there not so long ago. The house at the time was owned by H. Orr, a squire who had inherited this house from his father, who had had it before his father, before his. It was all passed down. After all, they had taken the land from the Irish themselves. This being an English manor, there were only Irish working in it. This particular businessman, or socialite, would often spend nights in Dublin or go back to England. H.R. visited across Europe and would go off in business trips or holidays and be gone for weeks at a time. Nevertheless, he was very particular about how the house was kept. As his father before him was, he had inherited the same taste, to make sure the house was spick and span all windows cleaned and sparkling, the floor polished and all of the silverware gleaming like silver should. But it was not always easy to keep this manner so well and tidy. After all, it was big, it was empty, it was dusty, and it was often filled with strange noises. Strange noises at the night that kept the servants up for fear and for fright of what it may be that's lurking down in the basements and the small room. So many corridors, well, they would be wondering what it was that was in the house. They were well aware that spirits, fetches, fardargs and pookie, were coming around and might even drop in and be seen. But these were just the stories of the land, and they had every age of a servant at hand in the house, old maids who had ne'er lived and were close to dying, young girls who were trying their best, men between middle-aged and old themselves, and a number of young boys, all of them tied with family to this home this landstead, whether they were working out in the fields or in the houses, they were nevertheless tied to this home in Rathangan, in County Kildare. And all of them had a decent enough wage. They were well enough treated, it was true. And oftentimes as the heat would go out of the land and they would build up great fires, They would tell stories of these types of creatures that could be haunting this particular house so as to keep their mind away from what might it be that's coming in at night, you see. It was easier to make up fanciful stories of banshees and chloracons, those impish sorts of wee folk that might trip and come in to play a trick on one of them. And so they could laugh it off And they might not take it so seriously with the banging and the noises. And they might brush it off to be the wind through those windows that were certainly closed, or the banging of pots and clinking of pans, silverware dropped and seeming to make such a noise, but any time any one of them came down, they saw nothing and heard nothing but a strangeness, a sort of emptiness. Now one night, as the moon was big and bright in the sky, he lent spare, not a cloud in the sky. It beaming down its light, everyone was wide-eyed and awake. And so they lit the fire in the hearth, and they knew they would tell a story or two. The older servants leading the way, with tales of childhood, the black dog, the creatures of marrows, not only those that might suck the blood from your veins, but those that could curse you and leave you limp and maimed. Always these stories were met with relish and eagerness from all. But on this particular night, one serving boy, the youngest of the lot, well, he had tried to sleep and stay in his cot and crept down the stairs when he heard the stories being told. Though the older ones had thought not to wake him or bring him down because the stories they were telling that night might be too full of fright for his young ears. And yet, the young boy, he crept. He was so curious to hear the tales they were telling. The man and she, the woman of the she, who called down for the O'Connors in Drumnan. So many of the stories they were telling, full and gruesome, not holding back. While the boy, he was terrified, but eased by the sound of their voices all of the same. And he crept close, near the chair that was right next to the hearth, the fire bursting out with flames and heat that poured across the room. Glowing orange light filling his senses. He began to feel his eyelids falling heavy as he listened to the stories. And sure enough, he nodded off into a lovely, peaceful sleep. When he awoke, he heard a strange noise. He was still by the fire, but the orange light had dimmed now quite low, and he noticed it had been raked up and all the embers pushed back into the back of the fire, "'it still humming low with the lovely heat. "'But the strange noise came again from the kitchen, "'and when the observing boy peered around the edge of the chair, "'he saw an ass, "'a donkey with long pointed ears, wide eyes, "'and to his surprise, the donkey was suddenly walking on two legs, "'picking up all the silverware and throwing it clanking down into a pot.' a pot of water. He brought the pot over, big as it was, and placed it upon the fire. He stirred the embers and got it lighting again with a few bits of wood that he placed in under it then, and went back around to gather more silverware to throw into the pot. The serving boy was shocked and horrified. The clanking and banging, now that he'd heard every night, that he was sure was something to do with the wind... Although now he could see, this strange creature was cleaning up and he gave such a cleaning to these pieces of silver, he seemed to see his own reflection hanging there better than any serving girl he had seen give them such a scrub and such a beautiful polish as well. Well, he went about the place, gathering all the silver plates and goblets, knives and forks, long pieces and ornamented yokes as well, and as he brought them back in, he polished and cleaned them up just as well as anyone could have, until he turned and saw the boy. He picked him up by his ankles, using his hoof hands, and landed him down on the other side. The boy was full of fear, now sure he'd get eaten up by this terrible pooka. but the pooka simply looked at him, sticking out his lower lip as if to show him how much he thought of him, and began to grab a brush and brush from underneath where he had been sitting just moments before. He gave the room such a sweeping then that all the dust was almost causing the boy to cough and splutter. He bustled up all of the pillows, moving them around and getting every single little bit of dust out of them as he polished and cleaned the windows as well, kicking the drapes, letting all the dust mites fall and going in and out of every room, doing just that, sweeping and cleaning and banging and cleaning some more. The boy was wide-eyed with surprise, but the puka had left him well enough alone. He huddled with fear in his heart, as eventually he noticed the sun rise, and the puka ran out the door, not to be seen for the rest of the day. Now, seeing as H.R. was still away, there was much the girls and older gentlemen of the serving quarters would want to get done in his absence. He must have a full pantry, of course, and he must have all of the cleaning done. They have their own food, and they had many things that they would ask each other to make sure they would do of the day and the night. They divvied up their chores as they did every morning. Some would clean, some would cook, some would gather fire. Others would be out in the fields. Everyone worked and pulled their weight, including the old and including the young. But then the boy, he piped up after someone asked him to clean the silverware. The poker cleaned it clean last night. There's no need to clean it again. Now, it was a strange thing he had said, but when he told all of the girls who were stunned and looking at him, the tale that he had seen the night before. Well, they all gathered around and said they must stay up that night to see it for sure themselves. Sure enough, one of the serving ladies, she crept down and stayed peering and saw this ass come in towards them, and he went about cleaning and sweeping and polishing just as the boy had said. And so when she went back and confirmed the boy was not telling a lie that there was indeed a puka coming into the house to do their work for them, they all turned to the oldest serving lady. She turned to them and said, Moshe here, listen to me, if the puka is coming in here cleaning the house for us, well, don't you see, we don't have to have the work. So, so I'll not be slaving away for the day if the puka is coming in at night, and nor should you and so that's exactly what they decided to do. They stopped their working that day, and they left down their brushes, and they still had to find some food, but they left the dishes piled high, not a one of them cleaning anything at all. The young boy was worried the Puka would have too much work. After all, he had seen he was only a donkey, and he struggled to hold things in his hoof hands, even though... He didn't quite understand how he managed to do anything at all, him being a donkey. But he did, and now he was worried for the fact that he wouldn't be able to do anything at all. But when the next morning came, they saw all of the tables cleared and cleaned, dishes piled high and spotless, every window cleaned and every floor scrubbed and polished and swept. So this was the way of it for a while, they stopped their working, and H.R. not being back from his trip away, had no idea that his servants were simply slacking and enjoying a holiday of their own. And well, the moon that had been bright at the start of this story had waned down to being nice and thin, almost gone, and it was beginning to wax again and become full and bright, and all these nights the Pooka had come in and cleaned the house in Rathangan. But the boy, he had a trouble on him. He worried for the puka, the donkey, the ass. Were they not asking an awful lot of him? And although he was afraid for his life to come up and meet him face to face again, he decided to steady his courage, focus his mind, and if he didn't get eaten the first time, he may not get eaten the second time he met him. And so he crept downstairs that night when the moon was almost full and as he came in he saw the hearth being swept by the puka with the long ears and the ass he turned around and gasped at the boy looking at him with one ear now straight up one ear falling down as the puka crooked smiled and looked at him well what do you want Um, I'm just I'm a little bit worried after you is it Is there a reason you're down here all the time cleaning and doing our jobs for us? And this is what the poker told him. That he had once been a servant boy much like him. And he had been belonging to this house, to the Squire H.R.'s father. But he was a terrible, lazy so-and-so. And and he did not do a wink of work. Ere I was the laziest rogue that ever was clothed and fed and none was done for me, and nothing done for it. (laughs) And well, when he told him that the time came for him to die and leave into the other world, he found he was given a punishment, laid upon him to come back in the shape of an ass and a donkey and a long haired pointed haired beast, in some form or other, to be labouring all night and go out then in the cold until it was bright. Yeah, it isn't so bad in the fine weather, but when it is cold as it's getting now, the windows cut through, ya. it's hard enough now to stand with your head between your legs, bracing against the frost and cold. Oh, if ever I was to get an old blanket and a warm, frenzied, furried thing to throw around me, I'd be the happiest I could ever be, but alas, that is not the life for me. And the poker hung his head low and looked his most miserable with the protruding tongue lolling away. And so he began to sweep up until the boy mustered his courage and said, Well, maybe I could get you one of those rugs. We have them out in the hut ho- with the horses and it'd be not tonight but maybe one of the other nights. Oh, sure, that'd be a lovely and fine thing to do. And so, the following day the boy crept into where the horses were kept and he managed to sneak a fine quilted blanket with fur on the inside and that night he stole back down the long stairs, hearing the sounds coming from the kitchen and the parlour and when he saw the hearth embers and the fire of the orange glow coming there with the fire ebbing low well he saw the puka standing with the long tall ears in him, the golden eyes staring in surprise Ah huh. I didn't think you'd come back I thought I was cursed to do this all on my own with not a bit of help or thanks Well no I, I told you I'd, I'd get you a blanket and well here it is I, I got the best one I could get for you and he threw it on to the back of the book and suddenly the book smiled at him Yeah thanks very much Good of me maggot. Sláin an and Puka walked straight out the door till the boy said, hang on You've not finished sweeping and washing And doing all of the work that the servants girls will Expect to be done in the morning Yerda, don't you know I was cursed long ago To be doing all the sweeping and the shining And well Now the girls have their turn <sighs> My punishment was to last Till I was thought worthy of reward For the way I had done my duty You've given me that you will see me no more. And no more did they. And when the boy informed them that they may have to get back to work, they were none too pleased. Especially the heavy-set, lazy lady, who was not delighted that H.O.R. was coming back in a few more days, and they'd have plenty of work to do. Especially now there was no more puka. Do it for them.
0: This podcast was produced and edited by Alan Homan with music by Alan Homan. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie.
1: And we're on all social media, so like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CandlitTales, or send us a message or get onto our mailing list.
0: For more videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag Candle Little Tales.
1: Liking and subscribing to our channel really helps us grow and get to more people. And if you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website.
0: We also do really like to hear back from you with your questions and requests. So please feel free to contact us directly or leave your question in the comment section below. Because what we really want to do is get these stories out there, share them with as many people as possible. So anything you can do to help. We really appreciate,
1: and we really appreciate you listening, Gudmila Margot.